This morning, God's Word comes to us from Ezekiel chapter 16. That's found on page 890 in your Bibles. Ezekiel chapter 16. This is a rather long passage of Scripture. We are not going to read all of it. We're going to read three sections of it. We'll read most of the chapter, but not quite all the chapter uh, this morning. Ezekiel 16, beginning at verse 1. What we hear now is God's word. Again, the word of the Lord came to me. Son of man, make known to Jerusalem her abominations, and say, Thus says the Lord God to Jerusalem. Your origin and your birth are of the land of the Canaanites. Your father was an Amorite and your mother a Hittite. And as for your birth, on the day you were born, your cord was not cut, nor were you washed with water to cleanse you, nor rubbed with salt, nor wrapped in swaddling cloths. No, I pitied you to do any of these things to you out of compassion for you, But you were cast out on the open field, for you were abhorred on the day that you were born. And when I passed passed by you and saw you wallowing in your blood, I said to you in your blood, live. I said to you in your blood, live. I made you flourish like a plant of the field, and you grew up and became tall and arrived at full adornment. Your breasts were formed and your hair had grown, yet you were naked and bare. When I passed by you again and saw, behold, you were at the age for love. And I spread the corner of my garment over you and covered your nakedness. I made my vow to you and entered into a covenant with you, declares the Lord God, and you became mine. Then I bathed you with water and washed off your blood from you and anointed you with oil. I clothed you also with embroidered cloth and shod you with fine linen, fine leather. I wrapped you in, in fine linen and covered you with silk. And I adorned you with ornaments and put bracelets on your wrists and a chain on your neck. And I put a ring on your nose and earrings in your ears and a beautiful crown on your head. Thus you were adorned with gold and silver and your clothing was of fine linen and silk and embroidered cloth. You ate fine flour and honey and oil. You grew exceedingly beautiful and advanced to royalty. And your renown went forth among the nations because of your beauty. For it was perfect through the splendor that I had bestowed on you, declares the Lord God. But you trusted in your beauty and played the whore because of your renown and lavished your whorings on any passerby. Your beauty became his. You took some of your garments and made for yourself colorful shrines, and on them played the whore. The like has never been, nor ever shall be. You also took your beautiful jewels of my gold and of my silver, which I had given you, and you made for yourself images of men, and with them played the whore. And you took your embroidered garments to cover them and set my oil and my incense before them, Also my bread that I gave you, I fed you with fine flour and oil and honey. You set before them for a pleasing aroma, and and so it was, declares the Lord God. And you took your sons and your daughters, whom you had borne to me, 
and these you sacrifice to them to be devoured. Were your whoring so small a matter that you slaughtered my children and delivered them up as an offering by fire to them? And in all your abominations and your whorings, did you not remember the days of your youth? You did not remember the days of your youth when you were naked and bare, wallowing in your blood. Now pick up the reading at verse 30. How sick is your heart, declares the Lord God, because you did all these things, the deeds of a brazen prostitute, building your vaulted chamber at the head of every street and making your lofty place in every square. Yet you were not like a prostitute because you scorned payment, adulterous wife who receives strangers instead of her husband. Men gives, give gifts to all prostitutes, but you gave your gifts to all your lovers bribing them to come to you from every side with your whorings. So you were different from other women in your whorings. No one solicited you to play the whore. You gave payment while no payment was given to you. Therefore, you were different. Therefore, O prostitute, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God, because your lust has, was poured out and your nakedness uncovered in your whorings with your lovers and with all your abominable idols, and because of the blood of your children that you gave to them, therefore behold, I will gather all your lovers with whom you took pleasure, all those you loved and all those you hated. I will gather them against you from every side and will uncover your nakedness to them that they may see all your nakedness. And I will judge you as women who commit adultery and shed blood are judged and bring upon you the blood of wrath and jealousy. And I will give, unto you, uh, give, into their hand, give you into their hands and they shall throw down your vaulted chamber and break down your lofty places. They shall strip you of your clothes and take your beautiful jewels and leave you naked and bare. They shall bring up a crowd against you, and they shall stone you and cut you to pieces with their swords. And they shall burn your houses and execute judgments upon you in the sight of many women. I will make you stop playing the whore, and you shall also give payments no more. So I will satisfy my wrath on you, and my jealousy shall depart from you. I will be calm and will be angry no more, because you have not remembered the days of your youth, but have enraged me with all these things. Therefore, behold, I have returned your deeds upon your head, declares the Lord God. Have you not committed lewdness in addition to all your abominations? And now turn over to verse 59, verse 59. For thus says the Lord God, I will deal with you as you have done, you who have despised the oath in breaking the covenant, yet I will remember my covenant with you in the days of your youth, and I will establish for you an everlasting covenant. Then you will remember your ways and be ashamed when you take your sisters, both your elder and your younger, and I will give them to you as daughters, but not on account of the covenant with you. I will establish my covenant with you, and you shall know that I am the Lord, that you may remember and be confounded and never open your mouth again because of your shame when I atone for you for all that you have done, declares the Lord God. Here we end the reading of God's holy word. I suspect Ezekiel chapter 16 is not probably one of the first chapters you turn to uh, when doing your daily devotions. It is not a pleasant chapter to hear. Uh, it's not particularly a pleasant chapter to read. But it is a part of God's Word, 
And it highlights the attribute of God that we're going to talk about today. When I began this series on knowing God, knowing his attributes, and if I had asked you, uh, would you please write down all the attributes of God you can think of? I suspect you'd probably write down things like holiness and love and omniscience and almighty. Uh, I don't suppose many of us would have come up with the, uh, the attribute of God's jealousy. But this, too, is one of God's attributes. God is a jealous God. And maybe one of the reasons we don't think of that right away is, for us, a jealousy is a very negative emotion. Jealousy can lead to anger. Jealousy can lead to violence. Um, but God is a jealous God. And children, I think if I asked you can you think of a text in the Bible that tells us God is a jealous God? I think if you thought about it for just a little bit, you could do that. There is a text I read this morning, besides this one, a text I read this morning that speaks of God's jealousy. It's a text... I read every Sunday morning. You shall not make any graven images, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God. How many times have we heard that and not really thought about the implications? I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God. Every time we read the Ten Commandments, we're reminded this is who God is. And, and God's jealousy, while perhaps not coming to our minds first, is not in any way a, a lesser or a secondary attribute of God. Uh, we read earlier in this series from the book of Exodus where God reveals his, himself to Moses. And in Exodus chapter 34, we read this, uh, the Lord, the Lord, a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. God revealing himself to Moses. That text goes on in Exodus 34. And verse 14 says this. You shall worship no other God, for the Lord, whose name is Jealous, is a jealous God. The Lord whose name is Jealous is a jealous God. This is God's name. This is part of who He is. So this morning we're going to look at, at this attribute of God, knowing God's jealousy. And as we've seen with all of God's attributes, it, this brings glory to Him, but it also is a blessing for us. What is the nature of of God's jealousy. Often we think of jealousy as that which has a possessive nature. Jealousy is wanting something someone else has that we do not have. We want to possess it. Jealousy can be with regard to things. 
We can be jealous for the things someone else has. They have a nicer car. They have a newer boat. They have a bigger house. Whatever it might be. We can be jealous wanting to possess their things. We can be jealous for their position. We look at their job and we say, oh, it must be so wonderful to have that job. I wish I had that. I wish I could possess that. Look at the money they have. Look how, how wealthy they are. We desire that. Maybe we can have a, a desire to possess uh, someone else's position in their family. We say, you know, you know when, when that family walks in church, uh, they just walk in, and, and the children are all uh, perfectly groomed, and they sit in the bench so perfectly, they don't move a muscle, and they sing every song. Oh, I, I wish I had that. Maybe, you know, we go home as husbands and say to our wives, why aren't our kids like that? And our wives say, because they have a father like you. And that, <laughs> we can desire something else, wanting to possess it. Is this the nature of God's jealousy? He has a desire to possess something. Well, we know that can't be the nature of his jealousy. God owns everything. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. God lacks nothing. Therefore, his jealousy is not possessive in nature. His jealousy is protective in nature. It is this protective jealousy that, that a parent has for their child. We want to protect them. We are jealous to care for them. Which is why, kids, when, when we as parents see you doing things and, and, and making decisions that we know are bad decisions, we are jealous for you. We will protect you. Do anything we can to watch over you. A protective jealousy of a parent for a child. This is the jealousy, um, perhaps, between a husband and a wife. We as husbands are jealous over our wives. We care for them. We want to protect them. And if we see them acting in a way that will be harmful to them, it hurts us, and we want, we're jealous for them, wanting to care and protect. This is the character of God's jealousy. Jealous over his children, wanting to care and, and protect them from the evils around them. This is the jealousy, this protective jealousy, based upon the relationship God has with his people, that relationship that we call the covenant. And that, that jealousy, that covenantal jealousy, is spoken of in Ezekiel chapter 16. First, the jealousy of a parent for a child. Look at verse 4. And as for your birth, on the day you were born, your cord was not cut, nor were you washed with water to cleanse you, nor rubbed with salt that was an antiseptic, nor wrapped in swaddling cloths. No, I pitied you to do any of these things to you out of compassion, but you were cast out on the open field. You were abhorred on the day that you were born. But what happened? Verse 6, And when I passed by you, 
and saw you wallowing in your blood, I said to you, live. I said to you, live. I made you flourish like a plant of the field. You grew up and became tall and arrived at your adornments. I cared for you. I provided for you. I chose you to be my own. God says, you are my child. You were there wallowing off in a pool of blood, and I saw you, and I rescued you to protect you, to care for you as a father cares for his children. That, that protective jealousy, that, that caring jealousy. Uh, we sometimes um, use the expression um, uh, that someone is like a mother bear, uh, protecting their, their cubs. Uh, I am not a hunter. I'm not a hunter in any way. But uh, there, we have a cousin uh, who is a hunter, and he would tell us stories about hunting bears. And he would say, uh, the worst place to be when you're hunting a bear, is between a mother bear and her cubs. That is absolutely the worst place to be because mother bears do have this protection over their cubs. And that instinct pales in comparison to God's love for his children. I saw you. I chose you. I made you my own. Like a father caring jealously for his child, God cares for his children. Then, then the picture is changed. Now Israel not as a child, but Israel as a wife. Verse 8, when I passed by you again and saw you, behold, you were at the age for love, and I spread the corner of my garment over you. Uh, that, uh, that phrase, to spread the corner of one's garment, is a beautiful um, Hebrew phrase. It doesn't simply mean to cover over, just to put a blanket on somebody. But to spread the corner of one's garment was, was a, a phrase that meant to marry you. I took you into my bed. I married you. God, God sees Israel now, not simply as a child, but as his bride as his spouse and how he cared for her. Look at verse 9. Then I bathed you with water and washed off your blood from you and anointed you with oil. I clothed you with embroidered cloth and shod you with fine leather. I wrapped you in fine linen and covered you with silk. I adorned you with ornaments and put bracelets on your wrist and a chain on your neck and a ring in your nose and earrings in your ears and a beautiful crown on your head. All these things I gave you, the silver and the gold and the linens, you were exceedingly beautiful. I provided you with everything. You are my wife. You are my bride. I love you, and I care for you. This is the picture of God's caring, covenantal jealousy over his bride, Israel. You, were, you had everything. You became royalty, God says. I provided everything you could have ever wanted. How did Israel respond all of God's goodness. Verse 15. But you trusted in your beauty and played the whore because of your renown. You trusted in yourself. I gave you everything. And yet you chose to reject me. You would leave me as that husband who provided everything. And you would follow after other lovers. A picture of idolatry. 
pursuing other gods. God is a jealous God. He will not have any any pretenders to his authority. No one can challenge him. He has an exclusive relationship with his bride. And no one else may enter into that. Here's a few uh, texts just to jot down. You don't have to look at them uh, as we go through them now. But since this is a rather unusual attribute, some texts to write down and perhaps look at later. Deuteronomy 6, verse 14 and 15, where God says, You shall not go after other gods, the gods of the peoples who are around you. For the Lord your God is in your midst. He is a jealous God. Don't follow other gods. No idolatry. I am a jealous God. You can uh, write down Joshua 24, Joshua 24, verse 19. And Joshua said to the people, You are not able to serve the Lord your God, for He is holy. He is a jealous God. He will not forgive your transgressions or your sins if you forsake the Lord and serve other gods. An exclusive relationship. No one else. From 1 Kings chapter 14, 1 Kings 14, verse 22, we read there, And Judah did what was evil in sight of the Lord, and they provoked him to jealousy for their sins that they had committed more than all their fathers had done. For they built for themselves high places and pillars and asherim on every high hill and under every green tree. God wants an exclusive relationship with his people. Yet Israel gave it away. They followed other gods. God had blessed them with gifts and blessings, and and they used those in the service of others, even to the point, even to the point of offering up their children. Back from Isaiah chapter 16 and verse 20, we read there, And you took your sons and your daughters whom you had borne to me, and these you sacrificed to them to be devoured breaking the covenant and God's jealousy, his protective care over his people is aroused. It's not a pretty picture. It's an ugly picture of the terrible whorings of Israel, leaving leaving their covenant God, giving all of his blessings to others and being unfaithful to the covenant. it's, it's It's an ugly chapter to read. It's a chapter that's important for us to read because it reminds us that that there are instructions for us. There are practical benefits for us in understanding that our God is a jealous God. From verse 35, excuse me, 35. Therefore, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God, because your lust was poured out and your nakedness uncovered in your whorings with your lovers and all your abominable idols, and because the blood of your children that you gave to them, therefore, behold, I will gather your lovers with whom you took pleasure, all those you loved and those you hated. I will gather them against you from every side and will uncover your nakedness to them, and they will see you in all of your nakedness. And I will judge you as women who commit adultery and shed blood are judged and bring upon you the blood of wrath and jealousy. These things are a warning. A warning not to trifle with a holy, jealous God. Not to dabble with perhaps leaving Him. Looking for other places we might worship Him. Worship other gods. 
be a warning for us. In fact, that's what Paul talks about in the book of 1 Corinthians. I'll look this up later this afternoon. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, Paul is describing what took place in Israel. And he says in chapter 10, verse 6, Now these things took place as examples for us, that we might not desire evil as they did. Do not be idolaters as some of them were. The warning is for us to be in an exclusive relationship with God. Paul goes on, Therefore, my beloved, flee from idolatry. Consider the people of Israel. Are not those who eat the sacrifices participants in the altar? What do I imply then? That food offered to idols is anything or an idol is anything? No, I imply that what pagans sacrifice, they offer to demons and not to God. I do not want you to be participants with demons. You cannot drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of demons. You cannot partake of the table of the Lord and the table of demons. Shall we provoke the Lord to jealousy? Are we stronger than he? God requires undivided allegiance. He desires commitment to him alone. So often we, we try to water down God's expectations. Oh yes, he's our God, but, but I can do this as well. Uh, God requires this in my life, but, but this, this over here, it's, it'll be okay. God will understand. God calls us to an undivided allegiance, a complete devotion. And even as I, I hear that call, I'm discouraged because I know my heart isn't that way. I can't give that undivided allegiance, that complete devotion. I, I know, I know I've been unfaithful to my God. And so, so, Ezekiel, we end this chapter with not only a warning, a warning that we may not have divided allegiance, but also a word of comfort. Verse 59, For thus says the Lord God, I will deal with you as you have done, you who have despised the breaking, the oath in breaking the covenant, yet I will remember my covenant with you in the days of your youth, and I will establish for you an everlasting covenant. Verse 62, I will establish my covenant with you, and you shall know that I am the Lord. Left to myself, the call to absolute devotion, the call to undivided allegiance, I say, how, how is it possible? I know I'm unfaithful. But the covenant, the covenant is initiated by God. And He is faithful. He is a faithful father. He is a faithful husband. He will not let go those who are His own. And God, God would send His own Son to complete our part of the covenant. God would send His own Son, Jesus Christ, to be faithful where we were unfaithful. He would be completely obedient where we were disobedient. That God's jealous anger might never overwhelm us, but His care, His protection, His jealous love to watch over us. He has atoned for our sins. We have been washed 
the blood washed away in the blood of Christ. And that jealous God now has a loving jealousy over his children, over his bride, the church. What a blessing. What a comfort. The call goes out once again today. If you are trying to, to, to satisfy God's requirements on your own, we have but to look at our lives and know we will fail. No, we look not to ourselves, but the call is to look to Jesus Christ. Embrace Him as your Lord, as your Savior, as the one through whom you were adopted as a child of God, as the one whose bride you are, the bride of Christ. And know the, the assurance, the comfort of belonging to a God who is jealous for you, who loves you, who will protect you, who will do everything necessary to hold on to you to the day of his coming. There is a blessing in knowing a jealous God, who he is, his name is jealous, and what he has done, secured a people for his very own in the covenant promises, sealed with the blood of his son. Let's join together in prayer. Lord our God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for all of your word. Those texts that we love turning to and those texts which perhaps we seldom or never turn to. For we know it is all your word. It is all revelatory of who you are. We praise you, O God, for your name is Jealous. You are a God who does everything necessary to protect your children, to protect your bride, everything including sending your own son to die for our sins. Oh, we thank you, O oh God. Thank you for your jealous love. Thank you for your ongoing care and protection. May we leave here today secure knowing that we have a God who loves us so much, who is jealous over us to watch over and protect us, that we can enter this new week with confidence in who you are. Help us, O oh God, to show you our love, to show you our devotion, to give you the allegiance which you so deserve as our Father, as our husband. Hear our prayer, O oh God, for Jesus' sake. Amen.